You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the Nomadland sound team. Supervising sound editor, sound designer, additional re-recording mixer, Sergio Diaz. Supervising sound editor, re-recording mixer, Zach Sievers. And production sound mixer, Wolf Snyder. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. It's been a minute here since I started out for that goal. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. Finding bits and pieces. All worth the reach, I'll carry it on. Driving down the highway, roll down the window, watch it go. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. But everything One of the things I love most about this life is that. There's no final goodbye. Drifting. Let's just say I'll, I'll see you down the road. Yeah. Hey, find anything interesting? Rock! Hi there, you're listening to an episode of the Next Best Picture Podcast. My name is Will Mavity, and I'm speaking with the Nomadland sound team. We have supervising sound editor, sound designer, and additional re-recording mixer, Sergio Diaz. Yeah, hello. <laughs> we have supervising sound editor and re-recording mixer, Zach Sievers. Hello. And we have production sound mixer, Wolf Snyder. Pleasure to meet you all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So this is, um, it's an interesting film because it's not showy, at least on its face, on a first watch through. Um, but when I started rewatching, there's a lot to notice in the sound and obviously people in the sound community have picked up on it. Um, before I get into some of the nuances, I have to ask all three of you guys, tell me about the poop scene because that, <laughs> that's a memorable moment. <laughs> I have to throw it to, uh, to Sergio and Zach on this one because those were, I, I thought it was artfully handled personally because I was wondering I mean, we didn't actually, you know, she didn't actually shit in the, like, <laughs> no, don't happen. tell him. Don't ruin don't the magic. Ruin it. But it's beautiful because while well, I was there on set and I was picturing, because I always picture, like, you know, how are they going to pull this off? Because this could be a joke. This could be, and I felt like what they put together was beautiful. Like it actually worked, like, for the scene and it didn't take me out of it. I didn't mean to ruin the moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's very human, so so we try to preserve that, no, and and we 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 record and 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 try to be authentic in every single sequence, but especially in this, yeah, it was it was a, a special treatment because she was in this kind of thing, no, it's very very small space. And, and and the sound inside should be more prominent than usually here. So the acoustic thing and the sound element that we put on it brings more life in, in, in that kind of sequence. But yeah. It's got this uh, great like plastic resonance to it. You know, mm -hmm. it really sounds yeah. like it's going in a bucket. Yeah. Um, there's like a perfect amount of like you know, diuretic like explosion to it, 
you know, Sergio's got all these like very, very specific layers there. And then in the mix, I have I, at my fingertips, I've got all these things. And it's very, it's actually, it's, it's hilarious, but it's, it's very tricky. And, and then you're dealing with an amazing filmmaker like Chloe, who you just want to, you want to get it right. You want to present it, you know, in a, in a tasteful way to her. And, and then you get to hear her laugh her ass off as she watches it on the stage. And, and then the best part was, was that my initial pass at it was perhaps too restrained because I was worried <laughs> that, you know, the audience would, um, be turned off by it but she yeah. really leaned into it she was like no this is like we're gonna really own this and that this is like part of fern's experience and so um that final balance is really a credit to her that she she really owned it we same thing happened with the ping and the at the very beginning of the film ping on the side of the road mm. there's a lot of layers of like is the pee splattering on dirt is it i mean we could go into great detail about all of this stuff oh i was curious what did you use for foley for the bucket poop <laughs> we use different different layers and and, and specific uh, additional sounds because I rent a truck exactly mm -hmm. the same car and, and 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 I put in my garage and then then I do and specific sounds here with my sons not doing that but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and with the Foley team, they, they, our conversations was, we need to preserve everything very realistic. Not use any dramatic uh, touches or artificial sounds. Everything should be very organic, like the life, our lives. So yeah. be authentic. And, and that, that was the, the main uh, goal and to bring that kind of sounds because we have layers and layers of sounds to put all of them together and then mix it as as uh Zach did it's 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 a great 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 challenge for us in, in, yeah. in many ways there's honestly a lot of interesting sounds in here and as you said they all feel very realistic and natural there's the scraping of rocks there's David Strathairn shaking sand a, how much of those natural sounds came from your production audio? And B, did you run into the issue of, while trying to make everything sound natural like Chloe wants it, it doesn't necessarily sound like the audience thinks it would when you come to rocks or sand or people walking, things like that? Yeah, from the very beginning, I... I was very uh, excited because for me, this kind of genre, it's very specific, but the cinematography language of Nomadland, especially Chloe and Joshua, it's very important to preserve that. So what, what I did with production track, it's, it's, it's our base. The, the Wolf Snyder did. It's 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 an amazing base that we that was our guidance, and then to be more 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 immersive with the with the audience and reach the audience with this kind of emotional impact with the sound. We bring more layers like that, just to be more deepness. 
and have mm -hmm. these kind of textures with close, medium, and large perspective. So mm -hmm. that's our main goal to bring that kind of layers that contribute with the cine, with the cinema, cinematic language. And then the, the entire job was to, to suck to the, this, this beautiful mix at the, at the end of the process. Well, I think, I think also, thanks Sergio, but I think also um, it's important to point out that for those who are not deeply into sound and film, that it's really unusual to have a production soundtrack that is as thoughtfully created and is something that you can really lean on as a sound designer and also as a re-recording mixer um, that really conveys not just that authenticity, but does it in a way that's cinematic. And so, uh, William, your question is really great because so, so much of film sound is, a, is there's a degree of magic of you take a sound, a recording of a thing that is not really the thing, but it's the thing that people like celery snapping as bone breaks, like stuff like that. Um, and so this is a film really that's a, trying to as be as realistic and documentary-like as it can. So it's a, it's a holistic sort of approach, starting with Chloe and her approach to then enabling Wolf to record these things as so, as so beautifully and accurately as possible, to then handing that to Sergio to be able to, to design specific layers that, yes, are often not the real thing, but just sound right, that add that emotional quality to it and add a layer of immersiveness to it. And then it comes to me and I'm able to you know, balance these things uh, against each other. And there's, there's moments in the film where it's more music driven. And so then we take a step back from Wolf's track and we let it be less, let's say, realistic and allow it to be more eloquent and lyrical. And, and we, we have winds that are not necessarily the right wind, but they feel right when, when it's harmonizing against Ludovico and all these music. And so, you know, that, that's, that's the challenge of a movie like this is that you want to be authentic but you also want to make it immersive and cinematic and, and emotionally moving. Yeah, some of those moments you were talking about where the music's very heavy, I, I was curious about. Um, there's one scene in particular that's a beautiful moment where it's following Francis through the, uh, the trailer park and you, the music's very heavy, but you kind of hear a gradual building of some of the sounds. You hear maybe a bike going by, and, uh, and ultimately you get, she gets to the highway and you start hearing everything pass on it. Uh, tell me a little bit about that specific scene because it's hung with me for months. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes because we try to be focused on the immersive sound and we bring sounds off, off, from off, off camera that contribute with this beautiful movement of camera so the idea was to contribute to that and we did a lot of steps from from the scratch on that scene because it's one of the rare instances where that's the case just because of practicality that that you have a lot of footsteps and things that mm -hmm. are not focused on fern's footsteps uh but, so we had to there, rebuild a yeah. lot of things in that there, scene there was a lot of crew kind of that was a beautifully understandably kind of orchestrated sequence and we shot so much at that golden hour 
So we always are fighting the clock. We're always like, right. oh God, we only had this small chunk of time to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm there, you know, with the boom as best as I can, kind of doing my best on set to kind of sound bridge, you know, into the next sequence. Like I, you know, hear people talking off screen, but I know that Josh is about to go there. So I kind of gently point toward where I think he's going to go and just kind mm-hmm. of had this, you know, connection. Um, but that was one of the, like the few sequences in the film where it's like, you know, we, we do have a bunch of people, a bunch of crew walking around that there's like not much I can do about it. So I just got to do the best I can to get what but, I can. But to your and Chloe's credit, time was given to you to then go back and record footsteps. Mm. I did. I this do, never I happens. Have... This almost never happens that the <laughs> well, production does... sound mixer wants to take the time to go back and record his or her own footsteps in the actual location to then allow us to have that as a, as a centerpiece. So there's still Wolf in there. It's just maybe not the synchronous sound. We it's interrupted the, Sergio though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. It, it, you're, you're all right because uh, we, we preserve the essence of, 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 the, of the moments. So, when I, when I said we did from scratch, it's because of that reason. But we preserve the authenticity. You 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 don't notice that everything is from Foley department, effects department, and part of the wolf wild tracks did, and that 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 sequence is very authentic and, mm-hmm. and unique. So our, our goal is to preserve that core during the whole journey. Wolf, um, one other area I was curious about recording uh, production sound was shooting inside like an Amazon factory. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell me about that. Well, for, like, you know, like Zach and Sergio just said, for me, it's all about capturing the authenticity of the location, right? This is a live factory. I mean, people are working and there's this, constant kind of droning buzz that's going on. For me, like going into, okay, we're gonna be at the Amazon factory for the next couple of days. Like I want it to sound like the Amazon factory. So mm-hmm. much of this film is in silence. So much of this film is so quiet. And the, the factory, the Amazon um, factory was just such a juxtaposition in terms of sound quality, in terms of sound, not quality, but just the atmosphere, you know, it's just constant, dro- so much of the film is in silence and then just constant droning all the time. You know, I, I went into it like every other sequence that we shot, boom overhead, you know, and just following Josh, follow, following Fred, you know, just yeah. capturing it. It's like, if we couldn't quite hear every single dialogue bit, I was okay with that personally. Because it just kind of made sense and you still got the vibe of the scene. That being said, it, it was, after all the peaceful quiet of the desert, it did like just affect me like a little bit. Just this constant, yeah. this constant thing going on and on and on, you know. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indie. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. 
The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the effect of all of that in, in total is that you are able to understand what it's like for Fern to work there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's all and, about and, it, and these, these juxtapositions and the dynamics of the film, whether it's going from Nevada where it's freezing cold and we feel that wind cutting through to our bones to the fulfillment center, to the oppressive nature of that and working environment to then arriving at RTR in Quartzsite, Arizona, feeling the insects and the birds and the wildlife and the distant voices of humanity and RTR and, and feeling a sense of community. All yeah. of these things are top down, starting first with Chloe's idea and her story, and then the way that Joshua shoots it, and then the way that Wolf captures it. And then we're, we're, we're just adding to that and, and trying to figure out what, what we want to focus the audience's attention on. But it's all in service of that original idea, the original story. So you actually kind of preempted uh, one of my next questions, because I was going to ask about giving kind of a sonic language to each of the kind of chapters she goes through. Two I was particularly curious about. It seems like when she tries to stay in a house with David Strathairn's family, that's a big moment for her. And it's very different from what she's used to. Uh, and then obviously the next one is when she goes back and visits her old community and the, it, it's almost completely silent. So tell me about those two environments. Yeah, um, I would like to, to mention that we create a concept for the film. The, the, the sound concept should be uh, fragility. That's what I call it in my mind. And mm -hmm. then I divide the concept in three categories. Should be prominent, very with this kind of impact uh, about um, dynamic range and serenity flowing with the music in, in perfect balance. I mean, and then using silence, different moments. So yeah, the idea is to follow that idea and, 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 and work uh, with that kind of uh, sounds. Zach can explain better than me what we do with the what he do with the with the base of from from wolf and then with the sound design 
and then the, the decision that Chloe's do during the final mix. Yeah, I mean, basically, with going back to the idea that it's a top-down story-driven thing, and the idea that we want to be as authentic to the story as possible, if you take that scene at, at David's family's home, it's it's visually very different than anything that she's experienced thus far. She's crammed in a house. We've, we haven't been in a house yet with a lot of people. And, and so that is such a, a stark contrast from her journey up to that point. And then at night after Thanksgiving, after that meal that she has with everybody that looks so delicious and we <laughs> constantly talked about it on set or on stage, just <laughs> like, can we please get a turkey on stage? Um, you know, she go, she tries to sleep in this house and it's so quiet tying into Sergio's point of, of, of these specific moments of silence. That silence, you feel the same way that Fern feels it. And she's just like, got to get out of this house. And so what does she do? She goes outside and gets back in her van because she's, she's, that's now who she is. She's, she's, a, she's adapted to this new physical environment. And you hear these distant frogs that Wolf recorded, you know, that work in concert with all of these other things. And, and so you feel a sense of release a little bit and, and understand Fern's, where Fern's head is at that moment. So it's a, it's a good example. It's like one of those things that like you could look at it on the surface and not really think much about it, but there's all these little things and it all starts with that original concept of like, well, what if Fern were to go and see Dave's family? What happens? Mm -hmm. And like we filmed that it was towards the end of production. It was towards the end of production. So I, we all were just so immersed in van life and, right. and the sound of that van that it was fascinating actually being in this, for all intents and purposes, like this very comforting, very warm family home, you know, very beautiful. But the silence of that home, it was deafening. It was different than the silence of the van. Like there was this comfort in the van, you know, and then being this, you know, relatively open space, it was weird. It was like really weird to kind of just, because it's just, you know, it's a home, but in, 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 in Fern's journey, like that silence was deafening to me while I was there, even with, it was a farmhouse. Like we had a bunch of birds and frogs and all kinds of stuff that I recorded after the fact largely, but there was this, it was just this weird kind of like silence in a way that like she, we knew that she wasn't used to yeah. that, that home silence, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was, it was beautifully, it was beautifully done. Like Zach, Sergio. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good change, chain of collaboration, definitely. Because the big decisions starts on set uh, sound wise because Wolf used one mic, boom microphone. Mm -hmm. They do the, didn't use lavaliers, which is mm -hmm. very weird, and and I understand why because it's the sound is very artificial, right? And then you need to do some tricks during final mix or pre-dubbing mixes, and and yeah, yeah, and we're dealing with with largely non-actors too so mm -hmm. we're not going to get them back to re-record anything in these different locations like authentically right so it's all about capturing it 
on the boom properly while we're there, regardless of the location. The location has its own nature and its own heart. It's all about capturing it, like while we're there for sure. But, it, but not, but not to beat a dead horse here. But it's like <laughs> literally, it all starts with that original concept and the framework that Chloe created for how she's telling these stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the idea that you would, that, that Fern is going to go from this place to this place to this place. This takes a filmmaker who's listening to her own creative soul and her heart and is in touch with humanity on a deeper level and is able mm. to then convert that into a concept for a story and then knows how to film it procedurally in a way that gets these performances from non-actors, that gets Wolf in there with Joshua to get a sound that feels right, who then knows when she's in the edit, you know, I need to work with somebody who is so awesomely talented like Sergio to add sounds that are so incredibly emotional in their, in their sort of their essence. And then I'm gonna have this guy, Zach, mix it all. And he has all this documentary experience She's she's like this master puppeteer. She just knew like from day one, like, oh, I'm just going to put all X, Y, Z pieces together and then let let the creativity flow from that. And that's the reason why it's such an interesting experience watching the movie. It's like unlike anything you've ever there's something weird about it. It's like uncanny when you're watching it because it's like, how is this possible? She's like the Steve Jobs of filmmakers, it sounds like, in terms oh, of just Well, like... Steve Jobs was was not a nice person. And Chloe is, <laughs> nice is, is by far just as, I guess, brilliant, but I would say far more brilliant. And she is like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. She's just a really wonderful person. So you just could I mean, it's a, it's a one of a kind life experience. It it. This, it's all downhill from here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Don't say that, man. Don't say that. <laughs> but one of the last scenes that we shot at that house, that the family house, it was on the porch with a young woman talking to Fern and then Fern reminiscing about her, her um, home uh, back in Empire. And literally, Chloe wrote that scene like on the night. Like she oh my wrote God. it. Like right before we filmed it, she was like, I need this little piece, but like, I gotta write it first. I gotta, and like, she wrote it on the spot. Like, working with Chloe, Zach is absolutely right. It's working with an artist, like a beautiful, powerful artist. And that is, I mean, incredible. If you get the chance to be around a presence like that, like a rock star, you know, you yeah. know, like, it's like, ah. And then but without the ego, without the, oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's some cool rock stars, but yeah, no, Chloe is, I mean, she's just the best and being in her creative bubble that she has built is it like arguably, not even arguably, it's just, a, it's just such a privilege, you know, mm -hmm. and it encourages me because she trusts me. And I like, and I want to capture the best possible for her. It's a very like intimate, very just kind of bonding experience, you know, with people trusting each other with our jobs, you know, yeah. it's just, it's really beautiful. But Chloe is, she's a legend. <laughs> she's just a fucking legend, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's right. Uh, we just follow her idea. And as a sound designer, the, the director's idea is the most important. So we just followed her idea 
uh, be authentic. So for us, it was a subtly immersive experience working in Nomadland because we were thinking about what kind of sounds could happen in off camera during mm -hmm. the whole journey that contribute with the, with, the, with the story and with the idea. So that's the beauty of this sound treatment since the very beginning to the end, mm -hmm. because whatever you focus your attention uh, in every camera angle, there is life. Mm -hmm many details here and there. So our idea was to create this kind of tapestry of colors, deepness, textures, and, and preserve this unique sound for this kind of genre, but only for Nomadland cinematography language, because between Chloe, Joshua, and Wolf, they have this kind of telepathic um, <laughs> communication. Yeah, because it's very complicated to get into that level. So then during the post process, we did the same, Zach and I working everything remotely and then present uh, ideas to Chloe that she was very happy and, 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 and obviously we are very proud of this beautiful piece of art. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, it's it's a beautiful movie, and I wish you the best this award season. Thank you so thank much. You. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the Nomadland sound team, supervising sound editor, sound designer, additional re-recording mixer, Sergio Diaz, supervising sound editor, re-recording mixer, Zach Sievers, and production sound mixer, Wolf Snyder, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Nomadland is currently streaming on Hulu and is nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Frances McDormand and Best Actress the Critics' Choice Award, and the Golden Globe Award for Best Picture of the Year. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you are feeling generous and want to support us, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment, drop us a five-star rating. And if you want to take that generosity a step further, head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.